This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome to What We Learned Live following Ohio State 63-10 win over Western Kentucky. First thing we learned is that's exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a dominant performance. And you're sitting there early second quarter, and it's 14-10 Ohio State, like not a dominant performance at that point. And then the wave happened, and that's exactly what we want to see on both sides of the ball. The offense dominating, the defense dominating. Welcome into the show. I am Dave Biddle. I'll be joined by Matt Baxendale shortly. We'll be joined by Steve Hellwagon and Patrick Murphy after post-game interviews. I'm a little bit under the weather, so excuse my voice. Um, I was the last one here in the house to get it, but I finally got it. Uh, and the Buckeyes finally got it. You know, and by the way, that opening win over Indiana, you know, seemed uh, not that impressive. Not that it was overly impressive, but turns out Indiana's not too bad. You know, Louisville was favored over them by double digits today, and Indiana made that a 21-14 to game, almost tied it late. So Indiana, you know, am I doing a little spin doctoring there? Perhaps, but um, Indiana might be better than people thought. But welcome into the show. Uh, if you have questions, um, hold them to a little bit later. I mean, you can't ask them now, but uh, hold them for a little bit later so I can actually see them. I'm going to re-post the show here on X. I'm still not used to that. I still want to call it Twitter. All right, let's get into it. We have re-X'd the show. All right, so, I mean, exactly. So, the first thing, I, I just want to reiterate it. I mean, we've been so hypercritical of this team, myself included, that um, this is exactly what we wanted to see. Ohio State was favored by 29 in this game. And I was like, man, that's kind of a high point spread against a you know a solid Western Kentucky team, you know? And Ohio State, like, beats them by 53 so kudos to the Buckeyes on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, Kyle McCord looking, you know, had that shaky throw early. And you're thinking, oh, boy. And then was pinpoint for the most part after that. Again, Western Kentucky's defense is not good. The reason people talked of Western Kentucky coming into this game to some extent is because of their offense. Everybody knows that. Um, they're not known for their defense. Far from it. But still, Ohio State looked good. And, um McCord continues to kind of just settle into that role, just kind of settle into that role. Great to see Marv and Emeka ball out again. Julian Fleming, we learned Julian Fleming will block you. I don't like if you're anywhere in the stadium, Julian Fleming will get you out of the way. Like, I love that. Julian Fleming doesn't get enough credit for that. Julian Fleming will block you. We learned at running back that um, we know the big three. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're trying to. Redshirt Dallin after him not redshirting last year. I don't know what's going on, but I thought we'd see Dallin late. At least we saw Evan Pryor. 
But a running back, we continue to learn that Travion Henderson is the starter. Chip is the backup, the main backup. Boy, that that touchdown from Chip, that looked really, really good. And I thought Trey looked good, too. Offensive line overall played well. Um, good to see Evan Pryor out there. Mayan was the third running back in the game. And then uh, good to see Pryor out there. But uh, the Dallin Hayden thing is interesting because he wasn't listed like as he was out or anything like that or even questionable. So I wonder if they're trying to redshirt him. We'll find out. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon after the game. You know, I, I imagine that will still that won't be like the first like thing that people are, are wanting to ask is like, what's going on with uh, Dallin Hayden? But still, um, <laughs> we'll get to more Ohio State real quick. But I did write down um, Georgia and Bama struggled, struggled. Now what you watch, you watch, they'll be like, oh, that was a gritty uh, performance by Georgia to pull that out. It's like, no, nah, they're playing at home against. No, no. If that was Ohio State, you know what they would say. Tyleek Williams. Let's talk about Tyleek Williams. I love it. I mean, the, the the touchdown was the touchdown. That was just um, some good fortune. But, I mean, good fortune. But he's in there digging. You know, you got to get in there. and get... A lot of the guys, I hate it when, like, guys, like, there's, like, a fumble and guys are, like, running around, like, near. They think their guys got in there, like, calling touchdown before anybody has it. Like, Tyleek was, like, getting down and dirty, and he got that. But what I really liked, I liked his sack. I liked the way he was just wrecking the line of scrimmage. He's so athletic for a 340-pound man. Listen at 320. I'm sure he's at least 340, but I don't care. I actually, I do care. I love that. I actually like a huge D tackle that can move well. I don't care if he's 360 or 400. If he can move well, great. The bigger, the better. And Tyleek is looking great. So that was great to see Tyleek ball out like that. Denzel Burt continu continues to play great. We learned that Denzel Burt continues to play great. I love that. Um, Jordan Hancock is basically your slot safety now so they've gone away from that I, I love that I love that Jim Knowles has you know has changed his mind so to speak I mean he's always been a three safety guy and now you could argue he is uh you know he knows that no it does you know when you got three corners like um Burke Igbenosin and Hancock you're like we got to get these guys out on the field Hancock's now that slot safety not that he played that great today but again I said coming into the game, if anybody's, you know, watched the Buckdowns Morning 5 over the last week, I'm like, if they can hold Western Kentucky under 20, that will be a hell of a defensive performance. I mean, Western Kentucky got half of 20. And that was a that was a great defensive performance. Great defensive performance. I have a lot of respect for Austin Reed. He is tough. You can see him talking to Ohio, not like in a jerky way. You can see him talking to Ohio State's defenders. It seemed like in a respectful way, like, yeah, you guys are getting my ass, like like, like that type of stuff. But um, you know, that kid is a good quarterback, sixth-year senior, um, you know, led the NCAA in passing yards last year. And Ohio State, you know, made him work for everything he had. So we learned a lot of good things about this team. It was also good. We learned that we got, got to see some uh, young guys in the fourth quarter. Devin Brown had that absolute dime to Carnell Tate for a touchdown. That was really good to see. Um, then he had a bad interception. Tipped at the line of scrimmage. Not the same as, like, I guess the worst interception you can have. But still, um, I liked what I saw overall out of the offensive line. Again, the Western Kentucky's defense, not a good defense at all. All right, I'm going to pause this real quick. Give me, I'll, I will be right back, my friends. I need to go get my phone. I'll be right back.
Got the phone, and we are back in the studio. All right. All right, let's get it on. Thomas on YouTube did Ennis get in the game. Yeah, I saw him in there. He didn't make, make any plays, but he was actually in the game at some point. Yes, he was. Brian on Facebook. He's thanking me for all, all I do. Well, thank you guys for, for joining me. Love talking Ohio State football. I appreciate you guys. Hopping in here. Thomas, finally. Dallin Hayden, what gives? We're going to lose this young man, says Thomas on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to learn more about that. I'm not going to sit here and like um, speculate on that. I was surprised. I guess I already did. Maybe I will. I mean, I'm not saying this is it. I, I, I did wonder... Are they trying to redshirt him? Because he didn't redshirt last year. I don't know. It was good seeing Evan Pryor out there. Matthew on YouTube. Yes, Tom on YouTube. How about uh, Jermaine Matthews with that pick six? Love it. Love it. Looking good out there in that 2-4. Looking good out there in that 24. Bilal on YouTube. This is the avalanche we've been waiting for. That's exactly right. You know, as I said... Those that missed it, we've all been, myself included, of course. I, you know, we've all been hypercritical of this team. I, I, I hope to think I've kept it, you know, reasonable. Like, you know, that uh, I don't think I overreacted too much for the first two weeks, but I was not impressed. And I, I wrote down early when they're when the game is 14-10 early in the second quarter. I'm like, here we go again, another meh performance. Credit to Ohio State. It's almost you almost forget, right, that this was a 14 to 10 game early in the second quarter, and then Ohio State just just bludgeoned them from there. And that's exactly what we wanted to see. It's exactly what we wanted to see. And this is a good Western Kentucky team. Nine and five each of the last two years. And I don't think they're going to be worse than nine and five this year. They smoked that that South Florida team that gave Bama a good game today. Again, Western Kentucky smoked that South Florida team, smoked 41 to 24. You know, I know the transitive property. You got to be careful with the transitive property. I'm just saying, for a perspective, Western Kentucky beat South Florida 41 to 24. That same South Florida team gave Bama all they could handle today. By the way, it's pretty damn funny that Bama is looking the way they're looking. They can't even figure out who their quarterback is. Now it's Tyler Buckner, who's average at best, and he didn't look good today. They end up bringing somebody else in. I mean, it's a mess down there. I know, right? You hate to see it, huh? So... We'll hear from Bax in a minute. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon after post-game interviews. Again, hopefully somebody asks about um, Dallin Hayden. I can't imagine that'll be the first thing out of anybody's mouth, but maybe they'll hear something from some of the players. You guys fire away with uh, any questions. Yeah, Matthew. Ty Simpson played too. Matthew on YouTube talking about Bama. Yeah. Yep. Lynn saying Bama better keep their hands out of our rooms. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, they. I don't know. I mean, there's nothing they can do this year, so it's kind of funny. Jordan on Facebook, X over Dallin is crazy, which is why I wonder. Either Dallin maybe is banged up. They don't have to put everything on the availability report that they don't want to. So I wonder, maybe Dallin's banged up, or maybe they're trying to redshirt Dallin. We'll find out. 
Yeah. I mean, Tom saying Georgia struggled too. Yes, of course they did. I mean, it looked like at halftime Georgia might lose that game against South Carolina. By the way, Georgia was favored by 27 in that game and uh, had a hold on at home to beat South Carolina. I'm telling you, Georgia, they're not three-peating. There's no way. Lenz is asking, where was Maya? And I didn't see him at all. He, he very late. Last couple drives, he was in there, Lenz. Last couple drives, he was in there. Larry, did Sonny Styles play? Larry on YouTube. Yeah, he played. Again, Sonny's not making the, like, the impact that we hoped he would, but I'm still convinced he will. Got some Mitchell Melton fans out there. Steven on YouTube. Michael on Facebook. Yeah. And not only does Mitchell Melton look good, he adds quality depth there. And it's good to see Amari Abor in there. You know, not that this was the first time he played. He's played the first week. It's just they actually have solid depth at the end, which is good. Um, really good. I mean, Mitchell Melton for your number five D end. I like it. Yeah, somebody just mentioned. I mentioned Abor. Yeah, what about Abor? Looked good. I thought he looked good too. Good to see him in there. Number 23 late getting in there. I love that. That's another thing I love about these games. Like, um, it's fun to see the Buckeyes blow teams out. But, like, then you get to see these young guys that really don't get a chance much play, like, an entire quarter, including Devin Brown, who played more. I mean, he was in there late in the third quarter. So, it's really cool to see these guys just absolutely um, get a lot of playing time. A lot of Tyleek Williams comments. Agreed. I mean, that's, like, I wrote it down, like, a, a few different times. Sometimes it was exclamation marks. Tyleek Williams, exclamation mark. Um, yeah, Matthew on YouTube. Love it. 340-pound man that moves well. And, and now is playing violently like they want him to. I love it. Tom is saying Melton looks like the quickest defensive end on the team. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's like, you know. I thought Kenyatta Jackson, go back and look at that uh, interception that Steel Chambers had. Kenyatta Jackson got in there. Tyleek Williams also got in there on that. But Kenyatta Jackson um, also got some extended playing time. I thought he played well. Um, is Melton the quickest? He might be. Former linebacker who racked up tackles for loss in sacks in high school. Mitchell Melton did. And then was in line to play a lot last year, but got hurt in the spring game. Very late in the spring game, as I'm sure you guys remember, towards ACL. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Melton's the fastest of the DNs, but I also wouldn't rule out Kenyatta Jackson. But yeah, if I had to bet, probably Melton. And by fastest, quickest, we mean off the edge. I I'd bet either way he probably is the fastest, quickest. 6'3", 250. He's probably a little faster than Kenyatta. Bax, we're trying to bring Bax in here. Bax, can you hey, hear me? Dave. Hey, what's up, man? Can you hear me? I sure can. Thank you for joining the show. How'd your uh, son do in uh, hockey? Oh, we let's talk about the Buckeyes instead of that mess. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, good, 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 good. Okay. Well, maybe not <laughs> One thing not makes good. me happy right now, and not it's not my son's hockey team. <laughs> well, I hear you. I hear you. So, I mean, this is exactly what we wanted to see. This is exactly what we wanted to see as an, a dominant performance. Buckeyes favored by 29. They win by 53. Uh, you remember what Russell Crowe said in Gladiator? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Because I can tell you right now, could we have asked for more? Like, really? 
like there's the nitpicky person who's mad we gave up a touchdown. This is the number one pass offense in the country last year, right? They had the most pass, or at least the passing leader at quarterback, right? And they threw the ball all over the field. And this is the type of team last year we'd have given up 35 points to, right? Like, whenever the pass defense is shredded OSU last year, this is the exact kind of team we didn't see until, like, Maryland in November, right? Now, what do we have? We have a loaded Ohio State defense holding a great passing attack to 10 points and scoring two defensive touchdowns. Two. So they actually, the, the offense didn't have to take a snap and the defense would have won the game today. Like, what more do they want at this point? This is the best possible game we could have had going into Notre Dame, bar none. How you feeling going into next week? Notre Dame struggled today against Central Michigan. Overall, they look very good, though. How, how do you feel about the Buckeyes going to South Bend next Saturday? Well, I think the big question was going to be twofold was one, how the how did the O-line look? Because if they weren't going to get a push on this WKU team, then we're in trouble. Well, they ran the ball down their throat early, and then it turned into the aerial you know, fireworks day. And then the second thing that I was concerned about was, hey, how do we hold up against what is a very good passing offense? And that's a good WKU pass offense. That's a bold team. That's a good challenge for our secondary. Well, guess what OSU did? They, they played awesome. So at the end of the day, I think Ohio State is a more talented team than Notre Dame. And that's not really like a large leap. That's not a homer take. I think Ohio State has far better offensive weapons. And I think Kyle McCord has shown the last couple games that he can be a pretty efficient, good quarterback. He made a few mistakes. He missed an open third down pass early. Yeah, he had a fumble holding the ball too long trying to find Marv. But at the end of the day, uh, this is exactly what you're hoping to see from Ohio State offensively. So I thought the O-line was good. I thought the defense did a great job. I feel really good going into this Notre Dame game. Ohio State is favored, and they should be. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, we just watched OSU. If you had told us, Dave, let me ask you this. If we had told us this uh, back in January, that Ohio State's first three games, they would give up a total of 23 points total. And their offense would go out and score 63 points in the game before Notre Dame. We would have all objectively been really confident, right? No doubt about it. Yeah. I mean, I love what I'm seeing out of this defense. The results, first and foremost, but just the way they're flying around. There we go. Now I can see your face. There we go. Yeah. Hello. Um, hello, friends. Yeah. I mean, this is like we talk about. I want to, I want it to look like a silver bullet defense. It looks like a silver bullet defense for the first time since 2019. Yeah. It really does. It really does. And, they couldn't have done more against a decent opponent like WKU than we saw today. So, you know, at the end of the day, what have, what have we, you and I have been saying since who knows when? Probably, you know, January when everybody's worried about the quarterback. I never worry about Ryan Day's quarterbacks. They're always the Big Ten quarterback of the year, right? So I, I think the reality is, is the defense fixed? As far as we can tell right now, the answer is a resounding yes. It's a resounding yes. I mean, what it's what it's actually only twenty points in the that they total given up in, in three games. Three three games, twenty points. I, I, in a modern football game where teams score routinely in the thirties, that is more than we could have hoped for. So we're going to find out a lot about this team, South Bend. But I'm not going to be shocked if they go out 
and have an absolutely fantastic performance because they look like a team that every week has gotten better, right? And that's what you want. It's a team to get better every week. Let's talk about Tyleek Williams and Denzel Burke in whatever order. I don't care. Those guys are just, man, those are third-year guys that are just playing great. Tyleek Williams in there. Great game out of him. Denzel Burke is what we thought he would be when we saw him as a true freshman. Talk mm-hmm. about those two guys, Max. Well, Denzel Burke's a guy that I think needed a little bit of a push in the room. I think he needed a year where he wasn't as banged up a little bit. Having Davison and Bunosum come in to push him for that like lead dog role has brought out a whole different element of him. And so far, he's the guy that if you throw at him, you're stupid. Like that's the that's the simple reality. And then Ty Leak's the guy that since he's a freshman, we've also had the same like, ooh, is this the guy that we have that's huge and has feet like a point guard? And this is something we've been begging for. From, from him. So as long as he can stay healthy and keep doing what we're seeing from him, that's what we need. It's that, that simple. We need a guy like, like Tyleek to be able to you know, penetrate inside the middle of the D-line with his huge, huge frame but quick feet. Uh, right now, these are two guys that if they're going to play the way we've seen them so far the rest of the year, that whole question about the defense being fixed is a pretty moot one because they're flying around right now. I hate to sound like a homer, right? But I'm, I don't know what we can complain about today. I really don't. Nothing, which is great. Like, I, I mean, nothing. I mean, and like, I do feel like myself included, as I said, everybody's been hypercritical of this team. Even Indiana today, they got down 21 nothing. Everybody's like, going to thread on the board. <laughs> Shocking. There was an overreaction on the front row message board on Bucknuts. Somebody's like, see here, Louisville's going to beat Indiana like 900 to nothing. Like, we totally suck. Look what happened. Indiana came Seven all the way back They're within one yard of tying that game up late in the fourth quarter. Indiana loses by seven against a pretty good Louisville team. I'm not going to like Louisville is like a CFP contender, but Indiana doesn't suck. So I didn't feel like through, even though I don't want to spin doctor too much, they were not impressive at all, Ohio State, through the first two weeks. But I think maybe we were a little too critical. And then, boy, I didn't see 63 to 10 coming. And if anybody did, I hope you bet on it because Ohio State was only favored by 28-29, and they win by 53. I think it also is a reflection on this is the first team that OSU hasn't played that has been trying to, like, deaden the clock as much as possible. Right. WKU wasn't like, all right, uh, we're going to go on three, as in three seconds left on the play clock, right? Like, that's what it felt like the last two teams did, is they just waited and watched the the play clock count down, and they're like, all right, on two, five, four, three, two, you know? I, I really think that, WKU came in and said, we're going to swing away to their credit. And OSU, to their credit, stepped up and said, okay. And now look at all the possessions they got and all the points they got because the defense got off the field on third and fourth down. So it's a two-way street, but they also didn't try to deaden the ball and it felt like a normal football game. O-line, where are you at on the O-line, Bax? You know what I'm at on the O-line? They picked up a, th- a third and like one in the first or second quarter. I forget when it was. And the play was a run up the middle by Trey Henderson. They pushed for two yards. It's a very innocuous play. Except the second it got done, Carson Hensman jumped up and like windmill pumped his arm like, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, there's that attitude, right? How many times did Urban Meyer get mad at his team for not picking up a third and one and just go for it again and say, man up, let's go. Hensman popped up, manned up, and ready to go. And by the way, after they got that third and short, that's when the running game cracked off. So 
I was really optimistic seeing them impose their will here. And Notre Dame will be tougher, right? Like, let's not act like Western Kentucky is 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 bound for like a New Year's Six Bowl or something. But this is what they're supposed to do against a team like this. So if that's what they're supposed to do against a team like this and they do it, I got to give them full marks for it. Uh, even the sack where McCord fumbled, he held it too long, right? There was protection and he just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for Marv to get open. And that's just, that's a young quarterback trying to hold the ball too long. We saw that with Fields. We saw that with Stroud. We saw that with Haskins at times. That's part of being a young quarterback. Uh, and I think it's really interesting too, Dave. A lot of people look at Kyle McCord and they're like, well, look at the guys in front of him. I don't know if he's so-and-so. Well, they were all really good first-round picks. So if Kyle McCord is like only, in some people's eyes, like a step slightly below the number 10 and the number two pick in the draft, the number 15 pick in the draft, he's still a really good quarterback. And he's only going to get better. What is he now? Four now as a starter in his career, something like that. And yes, they're weaker teams. But at the end of the day, I don't know what more McCord ha- can really do in the settings he's been given to show that he's pretty good. Now, Notre Dame is a whole different animal. We're going to learn a lot more about him next week, too. It's really crazy, Bax. Like when you think about it, like, as you just illustrated, like it's like the last three quarterbacks, all first round picks. Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, all first-round picks. For years, it was like, man, I mean, well, like Bobby Hoying was a third-round pick. Joe Germain was like, what, a fourth-round pick? Terrell Pryor was a supplemental pick, ended up being like a wide receiver. What Rex was Troy, like the seventh-rounder? Jones, Jones was a fourth-round pick. It's yeah. crazy to have three straight first-round picks. Yeah, I, I mean, mean before, this is like trying to follow – if you're a comedian, it's like trying to follow Dave Chappelle. And honestly, if you look at the stats he's had in his first four games and compare him to the first four games of some of those names, he had a, he's, he's putting up good numbers, right? Everybody's looking at the Indiana game and saying, well, you know, that was disappointing. We didn't score enough points. And then everybody looks at Youngstown State and goes, well, that was disappointing. We didn't score enough points. But if you look at McCord's stats, he's been really good with the football the last two games. He's, he's put the ball in the money. He got smart the last two games and said, I should really use double E and Marv a lot. And he did. And at the end of the day, if you have these receivers, you just got to give them the opportunity to make plays. He's more than good enough to do what OSU wants to do. I mean, let's be very honest here. We have seen far lesser quarterbacks at other schools win national championships. We have seen far lesser quarterbacks at our school win national championships. I love me some Craig Krenzel as much as everybody else. But Kyle McCord is a far better like passing quarterback and has a far higher pedigree going on right now. I mean, that's the reality here. So uh, let's be let's be clear. This guy might end up being pretty good. He was the number one quarterback group in the country a couple of years ago. And I don't think we judge him for his entire season through one or two games. That's simple. Speaking of Ohio State quarterbacks in the draft, Craig, Ken- Craig Krenzel, fifth round pick, fifth round pick. We've been spoiled. We've been spoiled. And all right, running backs. Where are you at with the running backs? Like um, Travion's the guy chips, the second guy in there. Boy, that. Touchdown from Chip. He looked great. Only five carries from Chip, but he always looks good. Uh, mine was a third guy in there. We didn't see Dallin. We did see Evan Pryor, which was good. Uh, break down the running backs. What did you see? Well, I think we saw a lot less dancing in the hole from Trey Henderson so far. Uh, let's be very honest. One of the big knocks on him was he couldn't hit the hole and go downhill. He was always the guy that had to, like, twinkle toes and wait for a gap. He's just choosing to turn and go, and that's, that's been good to see from him. We've seen a little more physicality from him, too. I mean, he looks like the player of the pedigree that everybody's talked about. 
And then meanwhile, Chip Traynham has been such a, a fun surprise because he came here to be a linebacker. And all of a sudden, he's not a linebacker anymore. All of a sudden, he's the number two running back coming out of, out of off the bench. And I think Mayan Williams is probably going to be our bowling ball down near the goal line. But Chip looks really good. And if you're OSU after last season where your depth was severely tested, it might have been the most injured year I can remember at running back. Having this many guys that can play at this level is – uh, frankly, a, a fortunate situation. And he to have the ball a lot more into the likes of Notre Dame and Penn Station and everybody down the line. But it's a position people get banged up in. So having, you know, you don't have, you know, a horse and a spare. You have about three or four horses. And that's, that's a very good situation to be in if your ultimate goal is to play 15 games this year and win the big crown. Josh Fryer seems to be emerging as like that leader. Coach Day talked about that, which really stood out to me that, you know, and you expect that, I guess, out of a fourth-year guy. Um, really a first-year starter, even though he did start a game last year. I love what I'm seeing out of Josh Fryer. He looks like exactly what you want as a, out of a right tackle. He's a mauler. He's got those long arms. He's every bit of 6'6", 320. I love me some Josh Fryer backs. Yeah, he's been really good so far. I mean – the reality is, is that's the direction that they've been predominantly running um, whenever they need to pick up those yards is on the right side. And it's because he's a big hoss who can close off that corner. So he's been good. I mean, let's be real here. He's been very, very, very good this year for OSU. And I, I think we all expected him to have a good year, right? He's one of those guys that you'd see, you know, some glimpses of and go, okay, he's going to be good. But it's nice to watch it play out. So, we'll, you know, again, we'll see when we level up to a very good Notre Dame D-line next week on the road in a hostile environment, but I've been pleased with Fryer, and I think it's been more than one game worth of we've been pleased with Fryer, right? Can't get too high on on one game, and I think Fryer overall has been pretty consistently good this year. I'll get you out, out on this. Let's go around the Big Ten. Boy, Michigan State, I mean, they're getting smoked at home 41 to nothing against Washington. Now, Washington is good. Michigan State's a disaster. Michigan's up 7 nothing early on Bowling Green. No surprise there. Uh, Penn State beat Illinois 30 to 13 today. Let's just go around the Big Ten. Uh, what's your uh, take for some of the Big Ten games today? Uh, Michigan State is counting down the moments so they can fire Mel Tucker and get out from that absurd guaranteed contract. It's a lost season. We're going to have two lame duck programs the rest of the year now with Northwestern and Michigan State without the head coaches that are supposed to be the guys, you know, from surprise late firings. So that's not a good uh, start for them. I think we really aren't going to learn much about Michigan until they actually start playing real teams too. At the end of the day, it is what it is. It's Bowling Green, right? And I think Penn State's looking like a very good football team. Uh, you know, they go on the road and they handle business pretty easily against Illinois. Yeah, the reality is, is I think Penn State's a team we got to keep an eye on. They're a strong, strong football team. So, you know, the Big Ten's a good league. Uh, let's be real here. It's not like it's the SEC and it's losing all their big out-of-conference games the last couple of weeks. And at the end of the day, I, th I think we're going to start really learning a lot about who can do what in this league, because I think there's a couple teams that are really good, and I'm really not sure what there is after that at this point. Great stuff from Matt Baxendale. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you for hopping on right after your son's hockey game. Get back and enjoy games that we have left uh, this Saturday, and uh, good luck to my Bengals tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I agree with everything but the Bengals part, Dave. <laughs> kind of sneak that in there you know like Jalen Hurts I thought I was going to just sneak it in there all right yeah. 
All right, everybody. Go Bucks. See you later. Bax is a Steeler fan. Other than that, we like him. I'm sure some of you are Steeler fans too. And other than that, I like you. Donnie Powell, my old baseball, softball buddy. He says, Proctor showed out today. Where was Sonny Styles? Yes, I mean, Sonny was out there. It's just, Sonny's not making the impact that I thought he'd make. I agree. I mean, Proctor, you know what the key was, I think? I think it was, the key was me not talking up Josh Proctor too much coming into this year. Because every year I'm like, this, this is going to be Proctor's year. I'll never forget Alex Grinch, the one year he was at Ohio State. I pulled him aside at Rose Bowl Media Day in 2018. I'm like, give me a name of a guy who's not playing much this year on defense, but you think is going to be a future stud. He said, Josh Proctor. No hesitation. So then I took that into 2019, 2020, 21, 22. It's like Josh Proctor. And uh, I didn't write him off, but I was like, nah, sixth year senior. I, you know, I need, to, I need to see it to believe it. With Josh Proctor, he does look good. Now, again, we'll, we'll know more when they play good teams. Although Western Kentucky, good offense, very good passing offense. So kudos to Josh Proctor. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing to say. You know, guys, I know I'm a Bengals fan, but like Browns fans out there, kudos to you guys. You guys smoked us. <laughs> Just got to tip your cap. Boom. I mean, the Browns looked fantastic. You guys got a great roster. I don't see any weaknesses. All you needed was Deshaun Watson to like be somewhat like he was his final year in Houston, if not like that good, just close. He looks really good to me. Yeah, I think the Bengals will bounce back tomorrow. They have a banged-up Ravens team, although the Ravens are always dangerous. We'll see what happens. Burrow does not look right to me. All right, let's get back to Ohio State. Jay Book is not coming on the show tonight. Sorry. I'd love him to have on every week, but um, he's unavailable tonight. We'll try and get him on after the Notre Dame game next week. He'll be with me on Friday's BM5 as usual. Uh, we'll try and get him on after the – Notre Dame game. He can't say it's see Jay Book can't say it's too late for him because he's on West Coast. So it's not even that late next week. It'll be late for me. I'll be here with you guys till really till it'll be Sunday morning at that point before we're done with what we learned live next week. Yeah, I, no. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. There you go. <laughs> Again, a loyal listener. I'm not going to say his name. If you're watching, you can see his name. I like it. I like it. Bart Simpson. I see you working. Um, on YouTube says Ohio State looked like Ohio State today. I love that. Ohio State looked like Ohio State today. It's damn right. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. And now, just like that, it's Notre Dame week. I guess not technically. Till the clock hits midnight, then it's Notre Dame week, but it's Notre Dame week. Him, if if you guys have asked questions and I haven't uh, seen them, please fire away again when I'm doing the show. When I'm when I'm doing it solo here for this time being, it's hard to see all the questions. <laughs> Jay Book's partying in Vegas right now. I hope so. Jay Book is whatever he's doing, man. Jay, Jay Book, he's the real deal. You guys know what's up with Jay Book. It's my guy. We've been doing it for a while. Ken says, you'll say damn right, but not Hugh Jass. Well, I just said it. Hugh Jass. There you go. We're having fun. 
Everybody's having a good time tonight. Okay, Brian on Facebook. What do I think the spread will be against Notre Dame? I believe a spread is already out, but it's not the official one. I think you, I think there was like an advanced spread that was like Ohio State by one or one and a half. I bet by game time, not necessarily what we'll see when it comes out tomorrow. I bet it'll be Ohio State favored by two and a half. Ohio State minus two and a half is my guess. What do you guys think? And I would take the Ohio State. I would lay those two and a half. Buckeyes are going to win this game. They're going to win it by more than three. Although I have a lot of respect for Sam Hartman. That was the most valuable get in the transfer portal in all of college football. I don't know if Sam Hartman's going to be an NFL quarterback. I'm sure he'll get a shot. What I do know is Sam Hartman's a hell of a college quarterback. Like he's a legit Heisman candidate. And hopefully the Buckeyes can get after him. I like what I'm seeing out of this defense, though. Jim Knowles, it just seems like things are coming together. Again, I almost said at this time next week. Uh, yeah, kind of at this time next week. We'll be at what, like uh, an hour into the game at this point? We'll know after the Notre Dame game. We'll know for sure till the end of the season. We'll know a lot. We have a question. Would I trade T. Higgins for Marvin Harrison if it was there? Yes, only because Marvin would be on his – not only because, also because Marvin's fantastic. Because then you'd have Marvin Harrison for five years. Or even if it would be four, let's say you'd only get him for four years. I don't know if this hypothetical because you couldn't really trade T. Higgins for Marvin Harrison. I absolutely – or maybe you could. Let's say someone took Marvin Harrison early in the draft. They wanted T. Higgins. No one would do that, though, because now T. Higgins is going to make coin. Would I trade, though, the hypothetical? Would I trade T. Higgins for Marvin Harrison? Yes, because Marvin's really, really good. So is T. I love T. Higgins. I think he, everybody knows he's really good. I think still he's underrated. Um, but soon T. Higgins is going to be making wide receiver one money. So I would take Marvin Harrison Jr. on his rookie contract for four years for sure. This is a good point. Neil Harris on YouTube saying Bama missed out on Hartman. It's a great point. And you can't say, well, they weren't really in the uh, market for a quarterback. Yes, they were. They, they took Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's like, we'll just take Sam Hartman. Good work out of Notre Dame. And, yeah, Bama, I mean, it's, you know, again, I keep saying I'm not going to, like, write off Alabama until they're six, six feet under. You just I have too much respect for Saban. He's the GOAT. But, man, he's almost 72 years old. I was told coming into the year that this was not the same Bama team from people that, if anything, like want Bama to do well. Colleagues of mine in this business who work for 24-7 Sports were like, this is not the Bama team we're used to. And, and you're seeing that materialize. Again, they struggled against South Florida today. Western Kentucky, who Ohio State wiped off the map today, Western Kentucky smoked South Florida. Again, the transitive property, got to be careful, but still. Again, apologize for my voice about battling a little bit of a cold here. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon soon. Like Pat, it sounds like post-game interviews just ended. Pat Murphy's going to join in pretty quickly. So th throw some more questions my way. Bama won 17 to three. Yeah, I mean, and it was like, what was it, three nothing 
in the second quarter. South Florida was winning, and South Florida had a chance to score a touchdown in the second half to go up. And I think Bama got the uh, the stop there, but still, man, I mean, South Florida, not a good team, and Bama struggled against them. I'm glad Steven brought this up on YouTube. He says, Florida State better drop in the polls like we did. They looked mid versus Boston College. Yeah, they, they look worse than that. I mean, people were – Boston College lost to Northern Illinois. Their fans were calling for Halfley's job. And Boston College came that close to knocking Florida State off today. And you watch. Now it'll be like, well, Florida State with a gritty – you know, it hung in there against Boston College. If that was Ohio State, they would definitely drop. So I agree with you. Florida State should drop, and Ohio State should move ahead, but they won't. They won't. They won't. So don't get your hopes up there. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Ohio State does move up. They should. I hope Florida State drops. They should. I bet they won't. Dallin Hayden. Yeah, I'm going to ask That's one of the many things I'm going to ask Pat when he comes on here in a minute. I'm not sure about Dallin Hayden. Again, I don't know if he's banged up or if they're trying to redshirt him or if he's in the doghouse. He's a really good young man. I tend to doubt. Doghouse is what I would bet against. Of all the, you're going to give me all the choices. Doghouse, I would bet against. Really good young man. Like, really good. So I'm doubting it's it's doghouse. tell you who's not in the doghouse. It's Patrick Murphy. He's in the tunnel. He's not in the doghouse. All right, first question, Dallin Hayden. Not what you were expecting me to lead with, right? Like I, I thought you were going to ask who the starting quarterback was. Um, no, but Dallin Hayden, I've been wondering, a lot of people are wondering, what's going on with Dallin Hayden? Has anybody talked about that? Uh, no, there were other things to talk about uh, after this game. But I did kind of expect you to ask about it because I had three or four people on Twitter asking about it uh, when I when I got up to the press conference. So, Certainly something we can check in on uh, here in the next couple of days, but this was more about uh, what the Buckeyes were able to do today, looking like a team that, you know, should be a top five team in the country instead of a, a team that was kind of floundering a little bit, I think, in those first two games. Biggest takeaway from post-game interviews, we'll get into the game in a minute, but anything from post-game interviews that like, we're like, oh, that, that was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, they talked about the – fact that they had a really good week of practice and I think he he mentioned this earlier in the week on the radio show I think if I remember correctly but I don't think he wanted to get you know too overblown about it um the fact that they were able to you know starting last Sunday able to put in good work over a series or you know like throughout the whole week I think is a a big factor in you know coming out and doing what they did and not to say that they didn't have good weeks of practice leading into the first two games but he emphasized that quite a bit. And then, you know, obviously you've got to do it again this next week, right? Um, it was as a complete of a game as the Buckeyes have had. I think that's pretty obvious to anyone who's watched it. Kyle McCord said that he thought the offense executed better. He really emphasized the running game. And uh, you know, Denzel Burke, who has been pretty critical of uh, the team, even in, in good performances, gave the, uh, the – the defense in A in this game. So he was he was pretty excited and said that Notre Dame is one of a few games he's had circled on his calendar. I mean, this is exactly what everybody wanted to see from Ohio State. Go out there and, and look like Ohio State. Be the bully. Dominate. 
but it was 14 to 10 early in the second quarter. But yeah. Ohio State just absolutely bludgeoned Western Kentucky, and I'm here for it. This is what everybody wanted to see, especially going into the Notre Dame game. Yeah, I think there was, what, about eight minutes uh, left in the, the second quarter when things really started to get going offensively. The defense, after giving up that touchdown, really clamped down. Like you said, I mean, it was just this is what you wanted to see. This is what we've watched other teams do to non-Power 5 teams and what Ohio State hasn't been able to do. And if you look back, I know last year they played Notre Dame week one, so everyone felt better. But it was that third week where they really got going with that, I think, 70-point out, seventy point output um, against, what was it, Toledo? And, you know, so there's something to be said about kind of getting rolling for this team. I don't know why, but as long as they get rolling and they don't lose in the process, you feel pretty good about it, right? I think so. People are wondering if, if Mayan's a senior. Yeah, he's listed as a senior. He has another year of eligibility left. Don't forget, about that. Don't forget about that COVID year, my friends. All right, let's welcome Steve Hellwag into the show. Patrick, stick around. Steve, your main takeaways from this game. Buckeyes 63-10. to 10. Yeah, complete performance. And that was what you wanted to see because the first two games were not a complete performance. And uh, Buckeyes played much better both sides of the ball in this game. Two defensive touchdowns, uh, interception. Uh, what, two interceptions, right? Steel Chambers and Jermaine Matthews. And uh, two uh, two defensive touchdowns, and uh, the offense was clicking on all cylinders. They were running the ball well. They were throwing the ball well. They were doing everything it takes uh, to, to blow out a, a team like uh, Western Kentucky. And so now you go into next week with a little bit better feeling about yourself, but you know that you know you're not arrived yet, just yet. I mean, you you still got to go out and prove it against a like opponent. And uh, that was what the players basically said. It was like it had been drummed into their head that you still haven't really accomplished anything just yet. You've got to go out and do it against a fellow top 10 team next week in Notre Dame at their place against a team that is incentivized certainly to beat you after the way last year's game went 21 to 10 right here in the hallowed ground of Ohio Stadium. Next week, the hallowed ground of Notre Dame Stadium. Third time only Ohio State's ever been there. So, oh boy, it's shaping up as a big one next week. And uh, this was what Ohio State needed, put their best foot forward at the right time to get ready to go play a top 10 opponent. Patrick, this Ohio State defense, Tyleek Williams, Denzel Burke, just talk about uh, what you saw this Ohio State defense. You feel like they're coming together in year two of the Knowles era. I really do. Uh, and I know it's, it's not perfect. Uh, I had said all throughout this week that, they needed to show me, right, against an offense that's going to be pretty good, at least passing the ball. I needed to see this secondary do something before I was ready to say, okay, they're here, they're good. You know, we, we kind of fell into that trap, and, and maybe we, we have a little bit still, but we kind of fell into that trap last year. I think this was a good test. This was a team. They did a lot of creative things in the passing game. Um, had Ohio State a little bit on their heels early, but, you know, we saw them make adjustments against Indiana in a very different way. Uh, today they came out and, and handled business when, when the ball was being thrown around the secondary. Denzel Burke's timing on some of those balls uh, just to knock it out. I mean, he's not always getting a hand in there, but he's hitting the guy right when the ball gets there. He's not getting called for pass interference. That's one thing that I think he's really developed. And, and he was good as that as a freshman too, but I think it's gotten better. Um, I like the physicality still of Davison Igbenosin. 
not the secondary in general. I mean, Josh Proctor would have liked to have that interception, but it was on a fourth down. So, you know, you just want to make sure that the other team doesn't come down with it, right? And then you mentioned Tyleek Williams. You know, great to get in that after Steel Chambers, who said, uh, when asked about not getting that fumble, he said his, his, his hips, he's old, he's got bad hips, and they pulled him out of shortstop and put him in the outfield. So he's not, he wasn't as used to bending down to pick up the balls anymore. Uh, I thought that he's always a great interview, especially post-game. Uh, but they ended up with the ball, right? So he was happy to just see somebody come up with it. Denzel Burke said that he prefers forced fumbles over recording an interception, uh, which I, you know, he said he just he likes to show that he can hit people. So you, you just like to see that. Yeah, that exactly. Put the head on. helmet on the ball. Yep, yep, hat on. Yeah, hat on the ball. All right, well, you get back to work. Thank you for hopping in here. He is Patrick Murphy. Don't hang up on Steve this week. I'll try. Uh, thanks, Patrick. Appreciate it, bud. See you guys. Steve, your main takeaways, I mean, not just this game. We're, you know, three games doesn't really sound like a lot, right? We're one-fourth of the way through the regular season. Like, in Ohio State left a lot to be desired the first two weeks. Maybe not so much against Indiana. They actually look solid, especially in the second half against Louisville. They looked really good today, Indiana did. Steve, break this down for me. Where are you at with Ohio State one-fourth of the way through the regular season? Yeah, I like where, where things are trending. I like that uh... – they're starting to play some lights out football. There's there's Murph. There he is. He's going in to see our photographer Dan Harker uh, here in the bowels of Ohio Stadium. And uh, yeah, I just like it's trending in the right direction. And they just need to keep going. I mean, that's the thing. It's week three, and uh, there's nine weeks of regular season left, and it's a long season. And uh, they just have to keep keep on trucking, is what I would say. Um, they just, uh, to me, uh, McCord. Uh, I mean, other than losing the fumble, I can't really think of anything he did terribly wrong. He threw into double coverage to Marvin Harrison one time, like he locked on Marvin Harrison after they had their big hit. There was the one and, third down play. He came back on fourth down, made a great throw to Mecca, but he there was a third down play early that he airballed yeah. one. Yeah, 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 he threw it over Fleming's head. I mean, Fleming's wide open out there in the flat, and he he airmailed it over his head. So there's two bad throws the guy had. You know, he only incompleted four passes, so uh, one of them was the interception. So I I don't know what the other incompletion was, but, uh, you know, when we're scratching and clawing, trying to come up with negative things uh, that that he did, uh, you know, it's it's, – I guess he didn't. He didn't throw an interception, did he? I'm, I'm getting it all confused in my mind. Uh, but uh, at any rate, um, you know, it it it, it was Devin a great one. You're, you're, you're thinking Devin was three yeah. or four for four. Devin had a dime yeah. on that touchdown to tape. Yeah. Devin Devin had that one that was bad at the line of scrimmage was picked off. That's what you're thinking. Of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I I'm uh, I'm I'm optimistic. I'm bullish on the Buckeyes again, and uh, defense played phenomenal. Offensive line was really good. But again, um, you got to do it against the best teams on your schedule. And, 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 and next week, we're going to find out a lot more. Uh, I watched the Notre Dame NC State game, the condensed version of it this past week, and came away very impressed with Notre Dame the way they spread the ball around to all of their skill position players like four or five running backs, three or four wide receivers, two or three tight ends. I mean, they spread it around. And the quarterback, Sam Hartman, is a special player to me. So, uh, you know, he's the national 
uh, active career touchdown pass leader right now, and he just adds three or four more every week to that total. And uh, I didn't see the box yet. I know they won 41-17 to 17 over one of those directional Michigan schools, uh, Central, I think, uh, today. So They struggled uh, a little bit, though. Yeah, it was a close game uh, most of the first half, and then they, they blew them out. Kind of the same as the NC State game. That was a, a close game at halftime, and, and they came back from the weather delay and blew the doors off NC State. So uh, they're a good second-half team, and they're going to be playing at home. And Ohio State better get off to a good start because you know that uh, Marcus Freeman wants that one above any and all others uh, next week. I mean, that that's their Super Bowl next uh, Saturday night in South Bend. Let's get you out of here on this. Let's go around the Big Ten real quick, Steve. Rutgers beats Virginia Tech 35-16. Wisconsin Good. beats Georgia Southern 35-14. That was tough Indiana for Indiana loses thought. to Louisville. That was 20... as expected. Yeah, I mean, but Indiana was down 21-0 at yeah. halftime. and comes back. Uh, Iowa beats Western Michigan. Pulled away late. What you, yeah, Penn State beats Illinois. Michigan is up 7-0 against Bowling Green. Into the second quarter, only seven nothing Michigan. Let's go around the Big Ten. Michigan State's an absolute joke. They're getting smoked at home, forty-one to nothing by Washington. Well, I think the All players right, are, the players are laying down because uh, the coach has been messed with. He's the guy that brought them there for the most part, and uh, the players quite obviously are laying down. And uh, that's uh, that's what it seems to me that. Uh, you know, and Washington's a great team, too. Penix, I mean, you know, it's the second time he's taken a top-10 team into Michigan State. He did it with Indiana uh, three years ago and won in there and then uh, did it again tonight. And uh, with Washington, they're legitimate, it seems like. And uh, I think Michigan State is sacrificing this season uh, to go in a new direction without Mel Tucker. And uh, it's going to be ugly up there before it gets any better. That's my take on that. Yeah, as I joked with you, Ohio State added a bye week uh, to their schedule. It's called Michigan State. Wow. I don't think I was actually joking, Stephen. All right, good stuff, brother. I appreciate it. You um, get out of here. By the way, Christian Encarnacion Strand just homered for your Cincinnati Reds. You What's the score? One lead. It's three they just got up. They just got up three one. He he broke okay. the tie. CES right. playing long ball at they don't call it Shea Stadium, do they? Wherever where the city the, field. City wherever, the, wherever the sorry Mets play at, yeah, best team money can buy. Yep. Thank All right, bud. Down to the New York Mets. I just I just offended both Mets fans in our uh, <laughs> live chat. Yeah. All right. All right, bud. Have a good one. All right. Have a good Appreciate one. It. He is Steve Hellwagon. He's not a Mets fan. He's got way better taste than that. All right. Uh, let's fire away with some more questions before we uh, get out of here. I'm going to need to take not too much cold medicine because I have to do a radio show here in Columbus at 9 a.m. tomorrow. The show starts at 9 a.m. I don't have to get up at 9 a.m. I've got up a lot earlier than that. So can't take uh, – NyQuil might be out tonight. I'll have to take something. Go Reds, go Bengals, go Buckeyes. That's exactly right. I'm, I'm in that zone. Buckeye, we should put Buckeyes first and then Reds and Bengals. We love that stuff. Some of us do, right? We shouldn't talk too much about Cincinnati pro sports. We really shouldn't. It's fun when it's going well the few times. And then, I mean, we know how it usually ends. And by usually, I mean always. <laughs> like, it's like, geez. 
I'll tell you what, those Buckeyes, man, that's exactly what I wanted to see out of the Buckeyes tonight. That's exactly what I wanted to see. We talk about we learned this, we learned that. I wanted to see them look like the bully, and they did. You know, and I, I even said this in our predictions, our staff roundtable is what uh, we call it when we post it. I, I wanted them to have Western Kentucky to the point where Western Kentucky did not want to come out for the second half. I'm not Western Kentucky. These guys are college football players. They're tough dudes. I'm not saying they didn't want to come out for the second half, but when I wrote that, I even said, I don't know if this Ohio State team has that mentality. That they're just going to bury you and they're going to just, you know, keep coming at you. They're going to make it where you don't even want to come out for the second half. I think we saw that tonight. Again, a little hyperbole there. I'm not saying Western Kentucky seriously didn't want to come out for the second half, but Ohio State bludgeoned them. And Western Kentucky, when they came out for the second half, had a completely different look in their eye than they did when the game started. They had hope when the game started. You better believe they had hope. They saw that Indiana hung with Ohio State. They saw that for a while Youngstown State hung with Ohio State. And they're sitting there thinking, we're better than both those teams. We're going to hang with Ohio State. Buckeye said, nope. We're finally, and they talked about it all week. Ryan Day said, now, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but it's like, it's like basically it was like, it's go time. In fact, I think that is how he put it. And you're thinking, well, wait a minute, shouldn't the Indiana game have been, it's go time? But I knew what he meant. Like, you know, okay, we we did what we needed to do. Now it's, we can't just wait for the Notre Dame game or Penn State to like, okay, now we're going to turn it on. They talked about it all week. You got to play violent. You got to be focused. You got to take it to them. And they did that, you know? And early in the second quarter, I'm thinking, eh, here we are, 14 to 10 Ohio State. They're not really doing what I hope they would do. And then they did what I hope they would do. They did what I hope they would do. Michigan, 7-3 Wolverines in the second quarter over Bowling Green. Buckeyes played a team from Bowling Green today, and Michigan playing the team from Bowling Green. Michigan was favored by 41, by the way. I'm going to hit my little uh, parlay. I already got South Carolina. I had South Carolina covering and Bowling Green covering. Little, little, little two-leg parlay. Um, so I don't need too much out of the Falcons, but uh, so far so good. Just lose by 40 or less, and, and your boy cashes that one. Ooh. Jim on Facebook. I'm just gonna I just put you out there. Bowling Green just recovered the fumble in Michigan territory. Oh, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> he said sorry. That team up north. I, I I yeah, I got listen, we're not on the team. We can slip and say Michigan sometimes, right? It's funny, like growing up in my house, it was like my dad even wore a shirt that said, My two favorite teams are Ohio State and whoever's playing Michigan. And there's all this beat Michigan stuff around the house. So it's like we hated Michigan, but we did say the name. Things kind of changed after that. Um, but um, I remember the shirt. My dad would wear it almost every Saturday. Probably didn't even wash it ever, like knowing my dad. And um, But, um, yeah, my two favorite teams are – I mean, you guys have seen that. It's, it's, a, it's a cliche at this point, but he seriously would wear that T-shirt. My uh, two favorite teams are Ohio State and who's ever playing Michigan. Truer words have never been spoken. I was uh, brainwashed at a young age. Can't say my parents – everything they did was good, but that was good. That was really good, brainwashing me to be a Buckeye fan at a very young age. Six years old, and I had the sickness. Disturbed, down with the sickness. At six years old, I'm talking like Tim Spencer, 1982, Tim Spencer, Mike Tomzak, John Frank, Marcus Merrick. Marcus Merrick, who had about 20 tackles a game, that number 36. Love it. 
so yeah, we used to say Michigan growing up, we hated them, but things have changed now. You gotta, you gotta clarify it, man. You don't want Mickey Marotti to jump around and be like, Hey, drop and give me 30. Eric Montoya saying I'm from Toledo. We're a house. We're a house. He's saying a lot of houses are divided. That's really ground zero for the Ohio state Michigan rivalry is Toledo. It's like, even though Toledo's Ohio, we all know about the war of Toledo, right? If you don't know about that, look it up. Um, pretty cool stuff there. And you know, Toledo is actually closer to Ann Arbor, markedly closer to Ann Arbor than it is to Columbus, but it's like split down the middle. It's pretty cool stuff. Um, I don't know if it's cool, but um, they've done stories on it, and it is kind of cool. It is kind of cool because you'll have, like, you know, not just, like, the community is divided. You'll have, like, literally, like, households that are divided, which I can't imagine. My gosh. I mean, marriage is tough enough. I can't imagine being married to, like, a Michigan fan. That would have lasted, like, not even a year, if that. I mean, marriage is tough enough already. I mean, you don't want to mix in like being married to a Wolverine. That would be like, I don't even. Mm -mm. Not recommended. Zach on Facebook. What do I think about Jack Sawyer? I think he's okay. I think maybe he gets too much flack. For myself included because of the five-star accolades. And is he going to do that? I will say this coming into the year. I was not one of these guys that was talking up Jack Sawyer as a future first round pick. Certainly not as a leave after this year first round pick, like we're seeing with some mock drafts. I was like, what what is that based on? Like, I don't see like the production's not there. I also don't see like a lot of like quickness. I don't see like he's he's physical dude. He's a good football player. He made a nice tackle today. A couple of nice tackles. That made one that was a key tackle in the game. I can't remember if it set up a, a punt or um it set up a third down, but he got low and made the tackle. Did a good job. Jack Sawyer is a good football player, but we thought Jack Sawyer would be a great football player. So he's got that. It's like, well, if you're not great, then, you know, we don't think you're really getting the job done. I think we just got to temper our expectations on Jack Sawyer at this point. He's a good football player. And then if he reaches that great echelon, awesome. I don't see it. Um, he's not quick off the ball. Doesn't have a lot of great pass rush moves from what I see, but he can bull rush. He's a good football player. Uh, he's heady. He's strong. He's tough. But, um, yeah. Yeah, Neil says, you know, both – basically, Neil on YouTube is saying both Sawyer and Tui Moloau are stout against the run. I agree with that. I agree with that. But as another commenter on YouTube says, defensive end still goose eggs on the sacks. I don't like that. I don't like that. And we said all week, like, now I did think Western Kentucky was getting the ball out quickly. I mean, I'm not breaking news there, but still, we said all week, well, this will be their chance. They'll have am ample opportunities to get sacks this week. Um, so disappointing that the defensive end still didn't get sacks. But um, I tell you what, Kenyatta Jackson helped, you know, force that that first interception. Steel Chambers did a good job. Rem remind me of the Georgia game, and Steel did a good job in coverage and got us, you know, got it. Turned around and made a nice catch. I mean, Steel, Steel's a solid guy. I mean, there's a reason C.J. Hicks isn't out there. It's not because they're down on C.J. Hicks. They just know Steel Chambers is a dude. And Tommy Eichenberg, I can't believe I'm not, now just bringing him up. It's like we take him for granted. Tommy Eichenberg is a dude. You know, I mean, like I was talking about Marcus Merrick earlier from my childhood and some of these linebackers, like 
Another 30, the next 36 was then Chris Spielman, of course. You know, you go on and on and all these great linebackers that have played at Ohio State, including James, James Laurinaitis, who's teaching these guys right now. I mean, I'm not saying Tommy is on that level of college football Hall of Famers, but my God, he is really good. And, and maybe he will be a college football Hall of Famer. I, love, I mean, Tommy Eichenberg is the best middle linebacker they've had in a long time. I put him even over Raekwon McMillan, who was good and was a second-round pick. So I don't say that lightly. That's not a knock on Raekwon. Because I think Raekwon's the best they've had until Tommy, you know. And then, I mean, Curtis Grant had a really good year as a senior. When Raekwon was a true freshman, those guys kind of split time. Shazier was a outside linebacker. I tell you what, Zach Bourne, jeez, Zach Bourne. It was like half a season, but Zach Bourne played some serious middle linebacker. I always wish we had another year of Zach Bourne. He, Zach Bourne was a real deal at middle linebacker, as you guys know. Um, you go back, Matt Wilhelm on the national championship team. We talked about James Laurinaitis. You know, there, we've had, I mean, Steve Tovar going way back. I mean, I mean, you know, we can go on and on and on about some of these middle linebackers. And I, Tommy is like, I'm not saying he's right there with the greats, but he's approaching that. And shouldn't be an hour into the podcast where I mentioned that Tommy Eichenberg is, I, I just love his game. Everything he brings to the table, his leadership, his toughness, his playmaking ability, everything about him, getting the defense set. He is the quarterback of the defense, and I love Tommy Eichenberg. And I love all of you. We're going to end the show right now. We're one week away. Join me all week for Bucknuts Morning 5 and Dan Rubin for the Bucknuts Morning 5, but definitely join us for what we learned live after the Notre Dame game next week. South Bend, I can't wait. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to Matt Baxendale. Thank you to Patrick Murphy. Thank you to Steve Hellwagon. And again, Thank you to all of you. I appreciate it. What we learned live following Ohio State's 63-10 to demolition of a solid Western Kentucky team. 63-10, to exactly what we wanted to see. Again, thanks to Bax, thanks to Pat, thanks to Steve, and thank you to all of you. I appreciate you guys so much. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. Great job by the Buckeyes tonight. Appreciate you guys. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.